know oh, I know that you baby. love being fawned over, but thank you, thank yeah, you, thank it. you for for doing this on Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I know you would have uh, loved to be served in bed, but yeah, instead we're standing here in the yeah, middle of our. Uh, we're in our house. I didn't have to leave. Why a week? And you really can't tell, but you know we have pajamas on from the no, bottom down. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, just one more week. Hey, truly though, happy Father's Day yeah. to, to all of our natural fathers as well as spiritual fathers. Yeah. I can't, uh, I can't tell you how many spiritual fathers that I've had in my life who've yeah. really made a difference, yeah. um, who didn't need to be the natural dad, but who right. actually stepped in in into that spot and raised. Me so that I could be. Uh, no, you're not allowed to cry. I don't know that I'm cry. I'm a man of God. So thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. We love you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, look, if you're a guest here today. Yes, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for being here. Yes, we thank you for being here. I'm gonna call this kind of. This is kind of like a bridge Sunday. It is. It's from post flood, pre promised land. Us <laughs> walking into church, and if you don't know, next Sunday is our first Sunday oh, welcome home back service. So we're grateful that you joined us today, and we really hope that you can join us yes. next Sunday in, in person. person. Yeah. And no tickets, baby. So look, no tickets. No tickets. Uh, we, we are still wearing masks, so um, so everybody can feel comfortable coming, but there's no tickets uh, that are required. But t tell us some of the details that, that are yeah. Because there's some really cool stuff. Yeah. So, well, I'm not sure about the cool stuff. I'm only sure, well, the sure kids, about the, the logistics <laughs> of registration. So even though we are not going to need tickets any longer, we do really want to help you yeah. and your kiddos um, have like that expedited moment at kids check-in. So it would really, really, really be helpful if you click on that link at the end of service and register your kiddos ahead of time. Because what the people who are serving our kids have been willing to do This is so is, cool. This is yeah, what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, God. I got it. The good stuff. The good stuff is that we want everybody, we're going to open the doors at 10 a.m. next week, and we want everybody to be able to see the entire new church, which includes our new kids wing. So there's a hallway that you're going to be able to walk through, and there's all glass doors, and you're going to be able to take that space in. So even if you don't have kiddos, just it's, yes. there's, there's a couple Amazing. things to really, truly soak in and absorb and see what God is doing. So the, even though the classrooms will be closed, um, just so we can preserve everything, Everything's glass, so you're going to be able to see. Yep. And that hallway is going to be open from 10 to 10:30, and then we're going to close them, and then kids will open up at 10:45 for everybody. Yeah, so just with that transition, that everyone who's serving in kiddos is willing to do, it would really be just a benefit to them and to you to, uh, check, to check in early. And, and we have we have parenting room, we have nursing mothers rooms, we have. You know, we have obviously uh, new lobby space and sanctuary space, and uh, it's just, it's so beautiful, and so many people have done such a great job, and, you know, Dee, one of the things that, we have, that we've heard time and time again from people who've come to help in the last little bit is that it, um, it's, it's not just a house, it really mm -hmm. feels like home. And we hope that uh, you make it your home, whether this, you've been at Connect for years, or whether that, this will be your next, your first Sunday with us, uh, we hope it's, it's your home, and um, for us, uh, church is more than just kind of a, a Sunday morning moment. It really is the center place of community and life uh, and the place that we corporately get to glorify God together. So I can't wait. It's been, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been long enough. Yeah. But D, you know, uh, you and I were talking this morning and you had a really, you feel like you really had a great, we had, you had a great prophetic word, I think, last week for church, but really feel like you have just a, a, a prophetic moment right now to share with churches. We get ready to step back in. 
yeah. to that moment. So can yeah. you can it was something. This is something that I had sent to the team this morning, um, just as a, just a clarifying encouragement. And uh, Kay wanted me to share it with the church this morning, and I think that it will uh, give give framework and perspective to the days and the times that we live in right now. Uh, so I, this is what I had said. I had said, worshiping the Lord this morning, and I'm singing over our house this morning. And I am so aware of just how many churches have been taken out or erupted over the last one and a half years. And the sobering truth for all of us is that we must be shaken. We must then withstand the shaking and let fall all that must fall and then restore who and what is to be restored. And trust that entire time that there will always be his fresh, real, anointed, holy, empowered, and healing wind whipping through the house of the Lord. So may our beseeching hold the awareness of desperate understanding of the days that we stand in church with an arresting grasp on the fact that the face of God is turning ever so much toward humanity and nothing is promised but his name remaining. Yes. These are the days that we were created to occupy, not before and not then, now. Come on. These are the days that we were created to occupy. There's a, there's a wind, there's a holy fire. We were saying today, let the, let, let the wind of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the wind of God right now, fan into flames uh, the, the spark of God's compassion, love, power, His Spirit that resides in us today. And let it fan into flames today, all that God has. Yeah, and look, we're, we're going we're gonna to just step into a moment of worship before we get into the Word today. And I have an opportunity today to, 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 to bring you the word myself. And, you know, we had, we'd wrestled with a bunch of different things with Jake and I sharing today, Dee and I sharing today, but really felt by the time that we got to the end of the week, this is the prophetic word that God has for us. And I'm going to be talking about new wine, uh, the miracle of Jesus transforming uh, water to wine. And so Jake's going to come and lead us just in this song, New Wine, and that it's just make, don't just be a recipient of the worship today. Be a participant in the worship today. Uh, if you don't know the words, they're going to be there on the screen with you. But there's just, there's something powerful about what God wants to do in and through his people. There is a new wine coming, uh, and it's going to be poured out. So, Jay, come on, why don't you come and just lead us in worship. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever. You want me to be God, I came here with nothing But all you have given me Jesus, bring new wine out of me Cause where there is new wine There is new power There is new freedom And the kingdom is here I lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today. And where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. I lay 
down my old things to carry your new pride today. So we sing, make me your vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Hallelujah. Father, may that be our prayer today. Daddy, may, 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 may new wine come out of us. Father, may your glory shine. May, may we come to this place just to, to uh, with nothing. But, Lord, to, to be open to be your vessels, Lord. Open to, to allow your new life, your new love, your, your new grace, your new mercies that were new this morning to shine up and out of us, to pour your new wine of the Holy Spirit in us, Lord God, that we may live a life that reflects your glory, that praises your name. My God, my King, Lord Jesus, come and make new wine flow out of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, hey guys, uh, man, I'm so excited to, 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 to bring you this word this morning. Um, so, if, look, if you brought your Bible uh, with, with you, can you... Uh, can you turn with me, open with me, to, to John chapter 2. John is the fourth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and we're, we're going to be talking about uh, when Jesus is at the wedding, turning the water into wine. Uh, if you need a title for today's message, is uh, Ain't No Box Wine. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Come on, that $5.99 boxed wine. No, 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 my, my life is not some $5.99 boxed wine. Uh, Jesus died so that you and I could have new wine, the wine from heaven, the wine of God, uh, the wine of the Spirit poured out and into us, through us, and out into the world around us. And that wine is worth more than anything we can make common. That's why holiness is so important. That, that, that's why uh, this... this uh, Having a presence of the Holy Spirit, a relationship with Him is so important. It's why being willing to manifest the glory of God in our community is so important. I believe this text, church, I believe this passage is a prophetic moment for us as a church. You know, in Jesus' life, this was a transitional moment. He, he's moving from kind of a local rabbi to becoming the savior of the world, from kind of having, uh, have, being relational with his crew to being transformational in his community. Um, uh, 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 th it, it happens, I don't believe, uh, by chance uh, at a wedding uh, ceremony. Why? Because a wedding is a place of covenant. And my God is a God of covenants. And he has opened up the door for you and I to step into a new covenant with him. That's what this moment is. What's so amazing is that Jesus is inviting us as the groom, as his bride, to step into a new covenant. Jesus, in this text, it doesn't, he's not coming to make a better wedding. He's not even coming to have a, 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 to, to have a rescued wedding moment. 
He is coming to actually reveal a Holy Spirit-empowered, miracle-manifesting movement into the inter-community that actually releases things into community that will glorify the King who is Jesus. And my friends, I believe that's what where we are as we get ready to step back in to in-person services, that this is a transitional moment for us as a church. That, that, that it's not just having a new building, it's not just coming out of a, a pandemic, not just coming off of online to being back in person. That Jesus isn't just trying to get us into a new service, he's not just trying to get us into a better wedding moment or a rescued from the pandemic service. He's trying to actually release into us a movement, come on, a, a Holy Spirit empowered, miracle manifesting movement that brings change into our community and actually lives and is focused to bring glory to King Jesus. My friends, if we can just have that change inside of us, something is going to be spurred in us as we come next week. It's not just the excitement of a new building or, or a new kiddos facilities. There's something about God wants to do something new inside of us and through us. And, and this miracle, manifesting, glorifying God moment that we can become a community that says, man, it's not about me. It's about glorifying my king in everything and in every way. God, make me a vessel. God, make me a vessel. We're going to talk about that today. Make me a vessel that brings glory to King Jesus. Not a better church. Not a better wedding. Man, a Holy Spirit empowered, miracle manifesting community moment that brings change and glory to God. Let's read this text together because Jesus is at a wedding right here in John 2. We're going to pick up in verse 3. It says, Then the wine ran out, which is never a good moment, but Mary, the mother of Jesus, turns to Jesus and says, Look, they don't have any more wine. So Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour hasn't come yet. He's kind of setting the parameters there for what's going on. His mother said to the servants, Now listen, underline this in your Bible. Do whatever he says to do. You just underline that. Do whatever. That's good advice, right? It goes on to says, now there were six stone jars. Keep underlining. There were six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 to 30 gallons of water. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. And now, he said to them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the feast. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Because there's this, this, this word draw here in the Greek doesn't mean to take spoonfuls or a little bit of water out. It actually is the word used to draw from a well. Uh, uh, John and the Holy Spirit here are using, I believe, uh, a word to create a connection between this moment and John 7, where Jesus said, I am the well of living water. Man, when you take from me, you'll never go thirsty again. There's a spirit flowing out of me. My friends, this is what I know. Jesus did not die so that you and I could have a spoonful of sugar, a spoonful of the spirit. No, he died so that we could have a never-ending well of his goodness and love and mercy, of his power, of his grace, come on, of the miracle working Holy Spirit that's inside of us and we get to draw it out to bring out into the world of lack, to bring out into the world of empty so that we can bring change, hope, life, so that God's name can be glorified so they get to know Jesus for who he is. 
Verse 8 goes on to say this, so they took it, and then the master of the feast tasted the water that had become wine. He didn't know where it had come from, even though the servants knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom over and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people are drunk, then they get out the bad stuff. Come on, then they get the boxed wine. Come on, somebody. I am not boxed. I ain't no boxed wine. Not going to be it. But you have kept the good wine until now. Someone say, I'm going to be good wine. Come on. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Canaan and Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. This was done so that his glory could be manifest and people could believe. That's what church is meant to be. That's what our lives are designed to be. To bring glory to Jesus so that people can believe. By the way, did you, did you notice in there, just, just, just off the top, did you notice that there were six, I don't know if you did the math, but there were six 30-gallon, that's 180 gallons of wine. Come on, somebody, that's a party, all right? I'm just saying, some people are like, I don't think Jesus ever wanted to have fun. He was like, no, you know, you see Jesus, he's all sticking the mud. 180 gallons of wine? I don't know, sounded like a party. Anyway, let, let me just imagine with me for a moment, if you can. Imagine with me, if you can, how frustrating it must have been for the servants of the bridegroom who were just trying to do what the bridegroom had asked them to do, but couldn't do it because the pitchers that they were carrying were empty. How frustrating it must have been. They were, they were just trying to do what the bridegroom had asked them to do, live out the duty he had called them to live out, bring, uh, bring what they were supposed to bring into community, but they couldn't because... The pitchers were empty. Do you know what that emptiness, that lack led to? Frustration. Frustration and lack, both for the people who are wanting to receive and needing to receive from that, and those who want to and were supposed to and designed to give it away. We're the servants serving the bridegroom. I think, my friends, this is where we are today, prophetically. I think both as a country and maybe even for many of us as people, we are, we are frustrated as a country because we're still unable to kind of pour out faith. We're, we're still unable to disperse justice for all. We're still unable to stand side by side with people of every color and every race as one. In we, can, we, we still cannot stand unified in unity. Come on. There are still people uh, of, uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, of color in our community who are dying. Our, there are people in our AAPI community who are still being abused. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people still living without shelter on our streets. There are millions of people around us who are still living beneath the level of dignity. Because somewhere along the line, the vessels, the pictures that are meant to bless them have become empty. And maybe on a more personal level, because I've felt this way through this last year and a half, and maybe you have too, maybe on a more personal level, you're feeling this sense of frustration because your relationships that you used to have or used to be in or used to feed you are empty. Maybe you've been in such a dark spiral for so long you can't even see the light anymore. Maybe you've been in this economic press around you that actually highlights what you don't have rather than what you do. Maybe for so long, come on, you are just, as a parent, you are done having your kids around you for 24-7. I know there are some parents out there right now saying, hey, Man, some of us are just depleted by all the negative news and the politicizing of every situation and issue in 
our world today. But the truth is, I believe that we are frustrated because we have no more wine left to take the edge off of our pain. That's what most people are looking for, just a little bit of uh, wine to take the edge off of the pain. Here's the issue, the way that I see it, I think, in our world today and in church today. I think the issue is, like these pictures, we are at the right wedding, come on, just in the wrong condition. You and I, we're in the right party, we're at the right wedding, we're in the, we're in the right church, we're, we're in the right place of, of, of loving God, but we're in the wrong condition. We're empty, still inside. There's a sense of emptiness. And the problem is that when we're empty, when you're carrying a jug around that is empty, wishing that it could refill others and do what it was made to do and live out what it was made to live out, so often what we do is we look inside the picture and we see the residue of the wine that used to be in there. And the residue of the wine that's at the bottom of that picture reminds us who we once were and what we once did. And we long for the picture to be filled back up with the old wine. I think it's why so many in our country today are talking about getting church back to what it was. My friends, that is old residue. That is old residue that is producing the wrong wine. In this text, I think what we have to see, what should be so encouraging for you and I, is that Jesus didn't create more wine to put into empty pitchers. He changed the vessels. He didn't create, he didn't see the empty pitchers and create more wine inside of them. He changed the vessels that held the miracle. He changed the vessels that actually brought forth his glory. He changed the vessels. So from out of the vessels came the new wine of what God is trying to do. Come on, connect. We need to be those changed vessels. Our country needs us to be changed vessels. Our neighbors need us to be changed vessels. Our kids, I'm so tired of hearing of kids as they get older talk about, men they were just raised in religion and how religion was narcissistic and their religion was oppressive. And We need to be changed men and women. There are, we need to be changed because there's people at the party and who are not yet at the party who need us to be different vessels. They don't need church to be the same old wine brought back into the same old vessels. They need new wine into new vessels. Come on. The reality is church can't be the same as it was. American Christianity can't be the same that it was. Connect church when we step back in next week can't be the same that it was just in a new place with a new stage and new kiddo stuff. We cannot put, uh, we, we cannot be the same picture simply expecting God to put back in the same old wine. We need to become new vessels. The challenge for us in this season as we step back in is not to long for the residue of the old, but to become the vessels of the new. But here's the good news. Do you know what the good news is? The good news is this, in an environment of lack and empty, Jesus is always looking for new vessels to hold the miracle and that can glorify his name. 
Let me say that again simply because I think maybe some of us didn't get that in our heart yet. In an environment of lack and empty, which many of us are in, many churches, uh, churches in our country is in, Jesus, like in this wedding, is always looking for new vessels to hold the miracle. And that will absolutely glorify and magnify his name. Come on, the truth is the people didn't know who he could be. They didn't know who he really was before this moment. And, and like that wedding and like this moment here, that wedding gave people the opportunity to see who Jesus was, not who they thought he already was. They thought he was a carpenter's son. They didn't know he was a miracle worker. They thought he was an ordinary man. They didn't know he was the son of God. But these moments of lack, these moments of empty, when new vessels rise up to carry new wine, it brings about a change in a, in, in a community that, that had believed something about Jesus that they didn't know was wrong before. They didn't need to be told it was wrong. They need to be shown it was wrong by, the, by what came out of the vessel itself. This is what church must be. We cannot just do church better. We can't just do life better. We can't just try to be better Christians. Man, what Jesus is looking for is new vessels to carry a new wine. So that those who think that they already know what he's about but don't will experience who he is in a new way. That's why Jesus says in Mark 9, 17, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. Because if they do, listen, the skins will burst and the wine will run out and the wine skins and the wine will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skins so that both can be preserved. My friends, Jesus wants to not only preserve you, but he wants to preserve what's meant to come out of you and I into the world around us. That's why it's not just, man, I hope God does something new. We need to start believing that God is going to do something new in us. That he's going to change us, create new wineskins in our lives. Not looking at the residue of what it was in the past, and I hope it's as good as, or I, I hope we get that back, or I hope we can do that again. Man, that's old residue. There's a new wine. we got to be new vessels ready to receive what God is doing. I think here's the struggle. The struggle for most of us in, the, in our humanity is when there is any environment of lack, when we're frustrated with our lack, we tend to look, like Mary did, for others to fix our problem. Man, we just, we're hoping that someone else can come and fill our cup. Someone else can give us some new wine. Someone else can fill me up again. Some sermons, some podcasts, some worship set can fill me up again. Someone can come and make me happy. But here's the truth. The truth of this text and the truth of our life. The answer only and always is Jesus. It always was and it always will be. It is absolutely what comes out of his mouth and what's present in his life that actually brings change into you and I. It is always and only Jesus that brings about that change for us. It's not a new building. It's not a new worship set. It's not a new relationship. It's not getting out of this state or this city or this marriage that's going to make the difference. Do you know what's going to make the difference? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, 
Jesus. Let, 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 let me just tear, take a moment to, to tear apart that scripture just for a little bit, for a second. The, the Bible says when there were six vessels of water present, there was still lack. But when the seventh vessel of living water showed up, everything changed. When there were six vessels of natural water, there was still lack. But when the seventh vessel, Jesus, of living water showed up, Everything changed because six is the number of man. It is the best that we can do in the natural. That means if we are the best church in the natural, we can be. We can put on the best show that we can do. We can have the best media, the best songs. We can have the best show that we can possibly have, and we still will be in an environment of lack. But seven is the number of supernatural completion. When Jesus shows up, it's not what we can do, but what, what he can do that actually makes the difference. And so when we come back next week, we can't be coming back hoping that we are in a presence of a filled up sixth vessel. We need to be coming back saying, Holy Spirit, there's nothing here except for you. Jesus, if you're not here, we can't. We will always have lack when we, when you are not present. We cannot live in a six-vessel church. We need to come in contact with the seventh vessel of living water and let that change us. We need new wine to be in new wine skins. That's why we need discipleship, my friends. We need discipleship. We don't just need sermons to inspire us and worship sets to take us into the heavenlies. We'll have those. But we need to be discipled. Our shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder women's groups, our, our forged men groups, man, those, we should need bigger Zoom rooms. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's a word, right? Is that a word? I don't even know. Is that a word with bigger Zoom rooms? We should be needing bigger Zoom rooms. It should be bigger Zoom rooms. Why? Because, God, I want to be a new wineskin that has new wine poured into me. Jesus, in just two chapters over, in John chapter 4, verse 23, he says, the time is coming and has already come. That means you and I are standing in what he is saying is true. That those who worship the Father will worship in spirit and truth. And these are the people, these are the worshipers my Father is seeking. He's seeking people who will grow in learning how to worship him in the Holy Spirit, who are praying in the Spirit, believing in the Spirit, who are moving in the Spirit, using the gifts of the Spirit, and learning how to do that. There are people who are growing in truth and setting their life on the foundation of truth and growing past their preconceived ideas and their generational understandings and their dysfunctional backgrounds that were passed down to them. There are people who are learning the truth. This is what Jesus said produces new wineskins in our lives. So let me encourage you for a few moments because you are the, the vessels that God is looking for to pour his new wine into. He's just not looking for us to become better. He's looking for us to become new. He's not looking for us to do it uh, in a different way. He's looking for us to be different in our way. Let me encourage you simply by saying this, that there are things in us that we thought were meant to be used for something else, but Jesus is going to use for his glory in ways we've never seen coming. There are things inside of each one of us that we thought were going to be used for something else, that Jesus is going to use when we are willing to surrender for his glory, become that new vessel that we've never even seen coming. Why? 
Because there is a lack in the community and there's an opportunity to glorify his name. Man, I thought my love for football was going to help my career. I thought when I was growing up, I, it would help me be uh, either in the, in the pros or help me actually become a coach. It would advance my career. I never knew my love for football would help me feed hungry people right now on the streets who come all the time looking for food with TKC and seeing people come to receive Jesus who've never stepped foot in church before, never actually been in the doors of Connect. But see, there's something that was inside of me that I thought God was going to use in a different way, but when Jesus got a hold of it, it actually led to blessing a community and glorifying his name in ways I never saw coming, just like the water in those jars was meant to be used for something different until Jesus got a hold of it, and then it blew people's minds what came out of it. Maybe you have musical talent and you thought you were going to be the next American Idol, but God, when he gets a hold of it, something different begins to flow. Maybe you thought you were going to be a lawyer and drive the big Lamborghini and have your name on the billboard, but maybe God is saying, I need a Supreme Court justice who will stand up for justice. I, want, I need a federal judge who will actually stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. I need a lawyer who will help people get out from behind bars who absolutely don't deserve to be behind bars. Maybe, just maybe, when what you thought God was going to do, why he put it in you, isn't why he was going to put it in you. Maybe you love to eat. I love to eat. But maybe your passion for food, when Jesus gets a hold of it, can help you come cook in a TKC kitchen to bring people who are hungry, who have never stepped foot in church, who aren't at the wedding party yet. Help them to see Jesus differently. The truth is, my friends, Jesus chose those stone jars on purpose, and he chose you and I on purpose as well. He, cho he chooses you and I because of how he made you and I and what he can make in you and I. It's, it's specific. He didn't need you to be a different you. He knew exactly the stone jars he needed. Man, no one in that room would have thought those stone jars would have been carriers of a miracle. No one would have picked those things that used to wash feet and, and wash the dirty hands to become the water that would absolutely be a miracle to a community. There are many people that maybe have discarded you, thrown you away, actually believe that something that happened in you or to you or your gifting is too small or your life is too little and they have set you to the side and said that miracle can never come out of them, but God chose you. He has a specific you in mind to do the miracle through. Come on, I bet those jars would have been like, whoa, whoa, Jesus, whoa, that's not what I was created to be. Hey, hey, uh, that, that's not how I was made. Well, you know, that's not how I came out of the warehouse. That, that's kind of not what I do. But Jesus knew exactly the type of jar we needed to be so he could fill us with the exact type of wine that people who would drink from us would receive from. My friends, there are things inside of you because of how you were made, because of the history that you have lived, 
that, own, that, 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 that creates inside of you the opportunity for God to put the wine inside of you for only a particular group of people to drink from. It's you. You can say, man, Pastor, you don't know the history I've lived. You don't know the history I've lived. Can I, can I just tell you, none of that matters. Like, like, I'm not saying every part of our history God orchestrated. I am saying this, that my God, even if he didn't orchestrate a history, can redeem anything in our history. There's this moment in, in Luke 7 where, where, where Jesus comes to a Pharisee's house and the Pharisee doesn't wash his feet with the same type of jars that we were just talking with. Doesn't wash his feet. It's a sin. But the Pharisee's sin on Jesus did not make Jesus unclean. Did not make Jesus defiled. Did not make Jesus dirty. Did not make Jesus guilty. Matter of fact, what it did do is it gave a platform for the woman who brought the perfume in to actually glorify his name to that house like never before. It gave a platform and purpose to the perfume that was poured out on his feet. My God is a redeemer of our history. He didn't need you to be different before you come to him. He needs you to be different after you come to him. Here's the reality of those, of those jars. This is what's so beautiful. The reality of those jars is that Leviticus chapter 11, verse 33, I believe, tells us that when a clay jar, an earthenware jar, becomes defiled, contaminated, it cannot be restored and it must be broken and thrown away, discarded. Mm -hmm. Here's the truth. That is a picture of our old self, our natural self, our human self. Earthenware, Adama, the Adama wear, Adam wear. See, the natural you and I cannot be, in and of itself, restored on its own. That's why we had to be shattered and discarded. That's why Jesus, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, he was pierced and crushed and broken. He was shattered on the cross for you and I. Why? So that we could be born again from the rock. We could be created from the living stone. That's why Jesus picked stoneware. Because in stoneware, when stoneware gets contaminated, all it needs to do is be properly washed for it to become pure again and be restored for its holy purpose and use. Come on, my friends. That's you and I. Well, we're going to get defiled. We're going to mess up. But the beautiful thing is, all we need to do is be washed. Be washed by the Word. Be washed by the Spirit. Be washed by His blood. And we are redeemed again. So what? Let me, I, I need to say this to somebody. So what? You've messed up. So what? You've made some wrong decisions. So what? You didn't get it right all the time. I'm not justifying your sin. I'm just saying your sin does not disqualify your calling, your gifting, your supernatural purpose of God. Just get washed again. Get washed by His blood. Get washed by His mercy. Get washed by His forgiveness that will set you free from guilt and shame that the enemy's trying to put in place on your life. This same John who wrote this book writes in 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, that every time we sin, if we simply confess it, my King Jesus is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me. That means he cleanses me. He restores my holy purpose so that the miracle that I'm holding can be released in the community that's needing it. The glory.
glory that I'm meant to bring the king is actually that I'm in, that's inside of me can come out of me once again. It doesn't disqualify my calling. I might need to get restored. I might need to repent. I need, might need to get discipled so that area doesn't tear me down. But my friends, the gift and the call of God are irrevocable in your life. There's a reason you became stone and not clay. The truth is, though, sometimes we've got to go through less in order to experience more. Before every new wine miracle, there is an empty wine moment. The Bible says that the wine was empty. Before every new wine miracle, there's an empty wine moment. I don't know about you, but I've gone through an empty wine moment for the last year and a half. I'm ready for a miracle wine moment. Do you realize as we look back at the scripture in the Old Testament, every time before God would send a savior like David or, or Samson or Deborah uh, or Gideon, there would always be this time of sin and, 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 and unabashed immorality and people doing all sorts of crazy stuff and looking like the nation was going to be a disaster and moving away from God. But in the midst of that empty wine moment, there were vessels. There were men and women of God that rose up who brought health and wholeness, who brought restoration and resurrection to a people because they were new vessels bringing a new wine of a new hope to a people that would glorify God once again. Come on, church. I wonder, Connect Church, are there any new wine, new, new wine skin, new stone vessel men and women who are ready to rise up and say, yup, my nation may be like this. My world may be like this. I may have to have gone through an empty wine moment, but I'm going to start believing and living and praying and standing in a miracle wine moment with Jesus because I want to see health and wholeness and restoration and resurrection. I want to see the wall repaired and restored and rebuilt once again, not for my glory, not for my shine, not for my crew, but I want to see it for the glory of Jesus so a people who think they know who he was can once again have their eyes open to who he is he is not the carpenter's son he is God's son he is not a rabbi teaching good philosophy he is the son of God who is the savior of the world that's what our nation our world our church needs that's what we need a revelation of who he really is so maybe so just maybe this pandemic that has brought less is simply an opportunity for God to find new vessels of hope and health and restoration and resurrection. Maybe, just maybe, this pandemic, this empty wine moment, has helped us to realize that we, without the seventh vessel, We can have a good party, but we'll live and laugh the rest of our lives. I love, I was telling Dee this just before this, I love the fact that the servants, the Bible says, filled up those jars to the brim. They left no empty space available for anything else. 
Here's what I know. Here's what I know. In the natural, all of us, when we're carrying a pitcher, we all have a natural level in which we'll fill it to. Stay with me. We all have an acceptable level of empty. Now, DNI's level is different, right? Because our and the reason we have these levels is because we don't want to risk something. We don't want to risk it overflowing. We don't want to risk making a mess. We don't want to risk filling it up so much so that when we pour it over, it pours all over the floor. Whatever it is inside of us, we all have this acceptable level of empty. The problem is with our acceptable level of empty, we are missing something. We are willingly missing things that are needed to bless our kids, our family, our world. We are literally saying to Jesus, it's okay because I know there's things now in my life, there's an acceptable level of my life that I've set aside to not bring you glory. There's an acceptable level of my life because of the risk, especially for men, man. We don't like to feel exposed. We don't like to feel out there. We don't like to feel like our butts are hanging out in the wind. There's an acceptable level, Lord, of emptiness. But that's why we need discipleship. Because discipleship will force us to look at things that we've accepted as normal and realize up against the truth, they are simply selfishly abnormal. I love the fact that in right before this, in John 1, 41 and 42, Peter, Andrew, goes to get his brother Peter and brings him to Jesus. And he says this, this is the, this is the Messiah that we've been looking for. Why I love that is because he didn't just say, hey, I want to let you know I found Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus. Hey, Jesus is a really cool guy. It is who, he, he wasn't leaving him in belief. He wasn't just leaving him and understanding that he was alive. The Bible says Andrew brought him to Jesus because Peter needed to be discipled. He didn't just need belief. He didn't just need the understanding that Jesus was real. He needed discipleship inside of him. There was, and there was for, for Jesus, for Jesus, the only acceptable level is to the brim. To the brim. That's the beautiful part about our king. To the brim. Do you know why? Because Jesus knows. Jesus knows the people that will still have empty cups. Because we have accepted inside of ourselves a level that says it's all right that they go without because I'm not willing to take the risk of spilling or making a mess. My friends, Jesus wants to fill us to the brim. New vessels, new wine, new wineskins. As we close, do you know how to be filled to the brim? It's fairly easy. Mary says, listen to what he says and do it. I think that's a pretty good place to start. Man, we got to get back to the word of God and make it central in our life. And not just theoretically, but actively. 
Allow it to change us and transform us. Dee and I were having this great uh, 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 conversation yesterday just where my sense of history and nationality were being challenged by the concept of God's truth. That man, we can no longer be American Christians. We cannot be uh, uh, American Christians. We must be Christians living in America and allow the word of God to shape us and change us. Listen to what he says and do it. We got to be willing to be filled up with the Holy Spirit, the water of God, to the brim. No safe space, no empty, reserved, acceptable level of emptiness to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us up to overflowing, to pray in the Spirit and work in the Spirit and use the gifts of the Spirit and believe for the manifestations of the Spirit in service just so that we don't have a good, nice service residue of the past that just comes back with old wine into old pitchers. We need new vessels that are filled with new wine. Let the Holy Spirit come. Lord God, let the Holy Spirit fill this place before we step a foot inside. Let the Spirit come so powerfully, Lord God, that our lives are changed. And do what those stone jars did. Give away what he's given to us. Give away what he's given to us. We hold the miracles. We hold the opportunities for glorifying his name, revealing to people the majesty of a king, changing the way they think. We hold it inside of us just by giving away what he gave us. Grace, grace, love, justice, hope, faith. Compassion for people. The gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of love and joy and peace. These things that the new wine has produced inside of us. We need to give it away. And then we need to allow and trust Him to be responsible for the transformation. The servant's job was to fill it to the brim. It was the master's job. To transform the water to wine. It was the servant's job to take from those jars and give it to a community of lack. It was the king of kings job to turn the water miraculously into wine. My friends, it's just our job to take the love of Jesus and give it away and allow his transformational power to change a heart. It is just our opportunity to give away the justice of our God and allow him, the king of kings, to transform our country, our nation, and our world to line up with his sense of justice and peace and wholeness. It is just our job to share the gospel. It is his power that changes the heart for the gospel. Next week, we're not stepping into a new building. We're stepping into a new vessel. Danielle and I are looking for old residue. We don't want a better wedding service. We don't want a rescued wedding service. We want a Holy Spirit-empowered, miracle-manifesting movement of Jesus that brings change and hope into our community and glorifies his name. When you roll up next week, new wine, new wineskins. If you're looking for the old residue, it ain't going to be there. 
Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. Lord, I bring nothing. But all I have to offer you is all of me. Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. Church, join me. Make me a vessel. Holy Spirit, make me a vessel. God, make me a vessel. New wine, new vessel. New wine, new vessel. Wherever the, we are in this, uh, uh, watching this service, listening to this podcast, make me a vessel. Maybe you've never actually asked Jesus into your life right now just to cry out, Jesus, make me a vessel. I'm yours, all of me. I hold nothing back. Fill me to the brim. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Restore me. Clean, clean me from the inside out. I choose to live for you and your glory. Make me a vessel. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, in any way, in any shape, in any form, you're stepping into a new life with Jesus. Can I tell you, we've got a book we'd love to send you. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. It's written by Pastor Rick here at, at Connect. And the forward is from Carson Wentz. And we give it away at uh, our, our Thy Kingdom Crumb food truck that we do in partnership with Carson Wentz's A01 Foundation. We give it away every week to people making these decisions. We'd love to give it away to you for free. Helps you to understand what it means to, to walk with Jesus, what it means to come to salvation, what it means to be a new vessel. If you've got a Gen Zer, we've got a book for, him, for them as well. Just send your name, your address to prayer at theconnectchurch.com. We'll make sure we get it to you. I want to ask you just to, to consider today joining us not only in service and not only in, wor in worship, but in the worship of giving, in the service of giving. Your giving makes a difference, my friends. That's part of new wine. That's part of being a new vessel. It's part of just kind of recognizing what Jesus says and just putting it into practice in our life. Give and it shall be given, pressed down, running together, shaking over, uh, running over. The measure you give, it shall be given back into your lap. That's what the Bible says. I believe that. I, I'm not saying that it's always financial to financial. It certainly can be and has been for many people at many times. But I'm saying that when you sow a seed in the spiritual, come on, from the spiritual, you will reap a harvest. You can give a, a, a lots of different ways, but there on our Linktree app, you can find a way to give. Please, before you uh, leave today, check that out. Your giving, Daniel and I appreciate it so much. It has made a difference this year and a half. We still have a lot of things we want to do. We've got a lot of people we want to bless. And we need to do that together. I'm going to close service in just a moment. You've heard us say next week is our Welcome Home Sunday. We've been building the building since August Many of you know there was a flood that came a couple weeks ago, right before we were getting ready to relaunch. And I hope you watched the video this week, but we're standing in a miracle already. The fact that we can be back in next week is a miracle beyond miracles. But it is the first miracle. It is the, the, 
Jesus talks about, the Bible talks about first fruits. That God often provides first fruits. That Jesus is the first fruit of brothers to come. That means of all of us that follow him in the resurrection. There's a first opening seed. My friends, if Connect is your home, I hope today and this week as we, as our forge groups and our shoulder-to-shoulder groups meet there uh, on their nights to pray and to praise and to, and to already bathe that place in the supernatural faith, I pray today, whether you're there or not, that you start to believe that what God did through this flood and the miracles that have preceded it to get us in here next week, that that is a first fruit of the miracles that are going to come because there are people who've been at the party who need to be filled back up and there are people who have not yet been at the party who need to know who Jesus is and the new wine flowing out of you out of the new vessel of grace and hope and love that is inside of us will not just bring them to a new place it'll bring them to a new revelation of a new person and his name is Jesus if we just come to a new place come on and just expect a new position without understanding we're coming Coming to a new revelation of a new person. His name is Jesus. We're going to miss out. Come expecting. Come in your spirit ready. New wine in new wineskins. Holy Spirit, may that be true. May every person who is listening, watching, listening to this again in a car, a hotel room, their living room, their bedroom, the hospital room, I pray right now. That whatever old picture with residue that's in their life, that it may be discarded and shattered on the cross right now. And that you will help us to be born again into the rock, formed and shaped anew into living stones, new vessels carrying a new wine that can bring hope and health and restoration and resurrection to our world. So that above all things, you and you alone are glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I love you. I am so glad this is the last one from this house. Because I can't wait to see you again next week, face to face, in our new house. God bless you guys. I love you. I can't wait to see you.